to On the Block with Stricken Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back to On the Block with Strick and Bach. I am Big Sky filling in for Jake Bachoven today as Strick busts a move on the uh, live stream there. If you're not watching the Starter Heyman Jewelers video stream, uh, you're missing out on Strick's epic moves there. Oh, I think I, I got him. I got him muted. Hold on. There you go, Strick. How'd you Yo, listen, we, we, we dipped off into a little something. I was over here uh, walking, you know, doing my L.A. walk, you know, so... Uh, but nonetheless, man, we we, de- we delved off into a little something. I know we wanted to get into what you wanted to talk about. So lead us there. Take us there, Captain. All right. So I was reading an article from ESPN today on ESPN Plus about Isaiah Thomas, Max McClung, and a couple other players who have uh, taken 10-day contracts since the NBA has gone into this uh, crazy COVID protocol world since basically the week before the Christmas holiday with uh, one day including 260 players going into the COVID protocol. And I was just curious to get your thoughts, Strick, about it, given that you have experience in the NBA. I don't know if they did the 10-day contracts as far back as when you were playing. Uh, but Oh, yeah. but I had one. Okay, so I guess kind of talk about what it's like playing on a 10-day contract and what the teams tell you when you get that offer. So for me, it was um, – I had I had made the Mavericks roster. So uh, similar to what happened with, um, uh, with DeMarcus Cousins, similar to what happened with him is they released him before there was a portion of his contract that was going to be guaranteed for the rest of the year. So, so for me, it was, it was a a very similar thing, right? It becomes business. And I think as a player, you've got to understand that there's a business aspect to that. It's not necessarily that a team doesn't like you or they don't, you know, think you're worthy of being there. Freaking Milwaukee stated there's their organization and staff coaches all said, Hey, we're grateful for what DeMarcus was able to do for us and, and what he brought to the team. It's just that it was a business decision and the same thing that D- Dallas did with me. So you get released back then. We didn't have a, the G league or the D league or, you know, any of that. So we went to the CBA and I went to the CBA in Oklahoma, um, didn't play really in Oklahoma city. And then uh, asked for a trade, got sent up to quad cities out in, uh, in, in Iowa, Davenport, Iowa, um, play behind who who right now is uh, Jalen Brunson's dad, Rick Brunson. So I came off the bench, but I was coming off the bench going nuts. You know, I was shoot, scoring 20 and 20. And the last game I had was at Grand Rapids. I had like almost 40 and and uh, Mavericks called and, and was like, hey, we want to sign you to a 10-day contract. Uh, it was right before they made the, the big crazy trade to uh, bring in Michael Finley, uh, Steve Nash, AC Green, and then they sent um, Mashburn. And, you know, it was just a big eight-player trade that they made. And so you get there. My situation was a little bit different because there was only seven players on the team, so I knew they had to play me. And that's what's that's what's going on with guys right now with ten-day contracts. It's like they've got to play you. It's it. 
So so you've got to look at it. It's not necessarily what the coaching staff or what anybody says to you. They come in there and they say, here's the plays. Here's the sets. Here's what they're called. And if you're used to the same play being called something else, you've got to learn what their terminology is. You've got to learn all of that in the blink of an eye. So you've got to kind of have be cerebral. You've got to understand that type of stuff. So you just come in and they, your mindset is, I've got 10 days to make it work. And so you want to be consistent. You don't want to try to do too much. You want to play within the system. You want to make sure that they, and you've got to understand too, that it's not just them looking at you. There's 32 or, or so other teams that are evaluating you on a given basis. So you got to play not for just the team you're on. You got to play for everybody else. And that's why it's about being consistent. That's why it's about, you know, doing what you're supposed to do uh, with the assignment that has been given you. That assignment may not be for you to score, but for me, it was, you got to score for us to win. So I think the second game I played, I had like 25 against Mitch Richmond and held him to like 21. And at that point, I didn't ever come off the court. You know, they when the trade happened, I still kept starting. You know, so it was just one of those type of things that worked out in my favor. How does it change? Because right now we're seeing some veterans get 10-day contracts like Isaiah Thomas. We're also seeing some undrafted rookies, like I mentioned, Max McClung, who was in the G League. He's getting a 10-day contract. He just got his second one with Chicago recently. With the Lakers? Oh, with Chicago. Yeah, well, Chicago. I know it was, yeah, it was Chicago. Okay. Yeah, he was yeah. with the South Bay Lakers. He played a little bit with the big squad this year, and then he got the 10 day with uh, Chicago. So, how is it different getting a 10 day as a veteran versus getting a 10 day as a, a rookie? Well, as a veteran, they, they, they kind of they're bringing you there because they know what you can do, they know oh, they've got track record on you. So, as a veteran, you, you just go and do what you do. If that's get buckets like Carmelo Anthony, you know, guy, you got to realize that there was a period where Carmelo Anthony was out of the game, but they called him back because they were like, you know, we need what you do. So do what you do. Right. So as a young player, you just want to figure out how to get in where you fit in. That's why it's very important to understand the scheme. Right. So it, it, it's going to require you to probably dive for that extra ball, maybe press 94 feet. That's how Patrick Beverly got it going. You know what I mean? 94 feet. I'm hawking you. Um, uh, if it's called for you, you know, JJ Reddick style, come off screens and, you know, hit that, that shot off. The, do what you do. And cause there's a reason that they called you to it. Right. So it's really a, as a young player, it's a assessing like it would be different if DeMar Rosen was there. Right. Then Alonzo ball. So if you're taking Alonzo Ball spot, do what you do, but get the ball to DeMar Rosen and, and Jack, Zach Levine. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, if DeMar Rosen's out, if you come off that screen, they want you to shoot the ball. They don't want you to come off the screen and be looking around where the next shoot the ball. So that's kind of the difference between – you know, those types of situations. Would you say filling the role that they bring you in to fill as opposed to trying to play something that's not your game but doing having finding success, is, is playing that role the best way to get your second 10-day contract or a, a full-year contract with that team? Yeah, if you come in trying to do too much, it, it, that, that's, gonna, that's a hindrance to the team because that's a chemistry breaker. But if you come in and get in where you fit in, Hit the open shots when they're presenting themselves to you. If they call your number, do what they ask you to do and make the right plays. If you do that, 
that's all they're asking you to do. They're not asking you to to come in there and 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 be, you know, Tracy McGrady. They're not asking you to come in there to be Allen Iverson. They're asking you to come in there and fill the role and do a job. Uh, and I can confirm after reading that uh, article that they do, in fact, still have playbooks in the NBA that they send to people because Isaiah Thomas uh, on his little uh, his little storyline in that article, he said he was in Seattle. A team called him up, said they need we need you in Sacramento tonight. He got the playbook on the flight and was in the arena within three hours of shopping at a grocery store. Uh, so it, it it sounded incredibly intense, and I'm sure he was a very he, – he needed to be who he was to get that job because they knew this is a veteran guy who knows the league. He's going to be able to come in, look at this playbook for a very short amount of time and be able to learn it much faster than a rookie. So I got that Facts. I got that feel from the article. So I, I can't remember who wrote it. It was a well-written article. They did a good job showing you what you need to be to have success in that kind of environment in the NBA. I also wanted to shift gears because you wanted to talk about uh, that crazy game that happened last night between the Celtics and the Knicks. So uh, uh, what did you see last night as the, the Celtics collapsed, Evan Fournier showed them what they were missing out on, and R.J. Barrett cashed in on a game-winning bucket? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, basically they were down. I mean, they are down, you know, 20-something 20, 20 points, and, and, you know, Tatum and, and the crew, they were doing what they do. You know what I'm saying? And – and and that's sometimes the thing about somebody just kind of, you know, kicking you to the curb and, and throwing you away. You know, he had a story and, and he felt like, shoot, uh, I'm going to come out here and do and, and, and show you what you mean. It's kind of like the girlfriend, right? The, the, the girlfriend, when you saw her in, in high school, you know, she was all right. You know, she was kind of cute, a little dumpy, wore the glasses, you know what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden... You know, she gets into college and and she's the finest thing on campus. And you walk by her on campus, she's like, she got that skirt on, she popping it, bop, bop, bop. And you're looking at her like, and she's walking with the next one. And so you like, dang, did I give up on that? That's kind of what it feels like as a player coming in. I'll give you an example. So when I was um when I was trying to make my way in, you know, they had these little leagues, IBLs and all these different leagues all over the place. And um I knew I wasn't getting drafted. So I had to go on this circuit and go to Portsmouth. You go and play in the summer league with New Jersey and Indiana, and then ultimately with Dallas. And you you you're doing all these little treks. I'm going, I actually came to Florida. They had this little league in Florida, and there was a team in West Palm Beach uh called the um, the Sea Dogs, but then there was a team in Tampa that was like a little, you know, league. It was a small league, and the coach at that time was um, um, he's the coach at Nevada now, um, Musselman Eric Musselman, and he coached in the NBA too. So Musselman was the coach, and I go and I try to make this team, and I'm playing my butt off, and he basically told my agent, he said he can't play. And when I got to the CBA, I saw on the schedule because they had a guy named Mark Macon who played at Temple was one of the top scorers in, in, in the country. And I circled that date and I remembered that what he said to me. And I said, I went in there and I shut Mark Macon down. I mean, he couldn't get a look that night. And so then they trying to cover me, Brian Stith, all of them, they trying to cover me and I'm giving them work. And I, I had like 30 
And every time I scored, I was talking to a muscle man. I was like, yeah, you, you better get somebody out here that can guard me. You better find somebody to come out. I'm talking crazy to him, right? So then when I get to the NBA, I'm almost done. We'll go to break. But when we get to the NBA, he's coaching at Golden State now, and I'm with the Mavericks, and I'm, you know, so I'm a starter now. And he walk, I never talked to him. He he would try to, you know, kind of be around and I'm work, working out where I walked by him like I didn't see him. And he finally stopped me. He was like, Eric, I just want to tell you, I'm sorry. <laughs> he's like, I'm sorry, man. I, I, me- I messed up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He was trying to defuse so, you before you went and messed up his Warriors. That's what he was trying. Yeah, yeah. So, that you know, those types of things people do, and they, that, they remember that stuff. You know what I mean? And I think Fournier had a good memory about what they said he couldn't do, and they didn't want to pay him that money. I, I agree. I mean, you, you can't help but think that the Celtics were looking at him drop 41 on him last night, thinking, man, it would be nice if he was doing that in the green and cream. Big facts. Big facts. And um, and then do it the way he did it. But on top of that, every time you see me, I'm getting 35 and and six. You know, every time you see me, the three times you see me, I may only average 11 against everybody else. But against you, I'm I'm killing you. You can't, you can't do something. it just one time because then they're like, OK, it was a fluke. You got to keep doing right. It. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's going to be interesting to see when they face each other. I think either tonight or tomorrow. Will you, will you be tuning into that game for sure? It's a Saturday night. I don't know. I might be sipping on some wine. <laughs> All right. We'll go ahead and go to break here on On the Vlog Stricken Bach. You are listening to 93.7 The Ticket.